Thank you for coming to church. Thank you for spending time. As far as the season we are in is concerned, we call it the times of refreshing. It's a period of prayer and fasting. And today happens to be the, is it the eighth or the ninth day? The ninth day. The ninth day of our times of refreshing. We are just doing 21 day period of times of refreshing. That is not the only time we fast in the year, mind you. As a matter of fact, since this ministry began, every Saturday, we spend at least half day in prayer and fasting. Because as we learned last week Sunday, titled, in our message titled, The Place of Fasting in These Times of Refreshing, we discovered that fasting is the avenue by which we humble our souls. Hallelujah. I want us to bear in mind, people of God, something about the soul. Why my emphasis for these three weeks will be on the soul is the fact that ever since the fall, ever since man disobeyed God and disconnected from God, ever since that time, there is a restlessness that is in the soul of every human being. There is an emptiness. There is a certain hunger. There is a vacuum that cannot be satisfied, that cannot be filled by any other except the God that man disconnected from. Are you there? The reason why somebody can have everything that this world can give. Talk about houses, talk about property, talk about business investments, talk about any pleasure and yet that individual will still go ahead and commit suicide by taking him poison or hang him or herself and die it's because of the restlessness in the soul of that individual. Are you there? Man has attempted to use everything to satisfy that emptiness to fill that vacuum Man has used everything. They have experimented with pleasure. It didn't work. Experimented with alcohol and wine. It didn't work. Experimented with the lust of the flesh. Lustful living. There are different kinds of, you know, lustful living. Some even go to the center of not getting married to animals. It is all in the quest to satisfy a certain longing. For instance, just some few days ago, a law has been passed in a, a single state, the whole, probably the whole, only place in the whole world that has now licensed and legalized marriage between siblings is in a particular state in the United States of America. And it, is, and it, is a, it was a 10-year battle just longing for the fact that we are supposed to multiply and extend the family. So give us the legalization. And it has been passed. So now legally, siblings can marry in that state. Because the argument of the lawyer was that if first cousins can marry in that state, why not siblings? And he has won the case. What are they looking for? It is to satisfy a certain emptiness, a certain longing in the soul of man. And I'm telling you, that will also not work. Man has tried lesbianism, homosexuality, bestiality. Bestiality is sleeping with animals. It has not worked. 
there are so many things we have used. The only, the only thing that can satisfy the longing, the restlessness, the agitation in the soul of man is to get back to his maker. Hallelujah. Is to reconnect to his maker. And it starts with the new birth. It starts with believing the gospel Stephen Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, confessing him as your Lord. It starts with that. Hallelujah. But here is the point. Even after one is born again, so long as we live in this present evil world, according to Galatians chapter 1 verse 4, so long as we live in this complex and complicated and contradictory world, you will still find somewhere along the line, some agitations hitting the soul of man here and there. And that is why God decided that instead of man going in the direction of the flesh, he will empower man so that man can have the right leadership to go in the direction of God, which is spirit, soul, and body. We saw it last Sunday. So God decided that he will put his spirit in man. So the Holy Spirit resides in our spirit when we receive him and then he energizes our spirit to take his original leadership role so that the soul can follow in that direction and then the body will follow accordingly hallelujah time will not permit me i mean to explain all that we shared last sunday but one key thing we saw in last sunday's message was that fasting humbles the soul when the soul wants to team up with your flesh against your spirit, fasting humbles the soul. Fasting brings the soul, you know, it tames the soul. It brings the soul under. But today, we're going to see another thing that happens to the soul through the word of God. Are you there? There are three things that happen to us in these times of refreshing. Now, mind you, what are we talking about when we say times of refreshing? We also saw last Sunday that from the period of the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was given until the restoration, until the restitution of all things, these are the times of refreshing. In other words, God is saying that until I restore all things as they were before the fall, this is what I've given. I've given you something that can satisfy the soul of man. He is called the person of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. When he comes, he is the author of the word. He guides us into all truth. What we're even going to share today, he is the author of that word. So without the Holy Spirit, we cannot understand the word of God. In fact, even without the Holy Spirit, your fasting will be in vain. It will only be a physical exercise. It may not have spiritual benefits. Hallelujah. So ultimately, next week Sunday, we'll be talking about the place of the Spirit in these times of refreshing. But we started with fasting. Because fasting humbles the soul. And the word also does something to the soul, which we can turn to. Luke chapter 4. Luke the gospel according to St. Luke chapter 4. Let me read the first four verses. But my emphasis is on verse 4. This is about Jesus. And when he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. To be tempted by the devil. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Returned from the Jordan. And was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. 
And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Please, I hope you took note that the Bible didn't say he ate and drank nothing. The Bible said he ate nothing. In other words, it's possible, though it's not said here, it's possible that during the 40 days of going without food, he must have been drinking water because water is not food in terms of food science and categorization of food. Food is that which has calories and gives energy. And water is not under that category. So, Bible didn't say that he ate nothing and drank nothing, but he ate nothing and afterward he was, when, he had, when they had ended, he was hungry. I believe that if you go without water and food for a very long time, the immediate quest and the immediate appetite will be what? Will it be hunger or it will be thirst? Is it true? Or anybody has a contrary experience? It will be thirst. So if Bible didn't say that he was thirsty, after all, we know that there was a time on the cross when he had bled and bled. The night before was the only time he took a meal. When he ate with them the last supper the very, what we call the Lord's Supper. And then after that, he didn't eat anything. And probably he didn't drink anything. So after bleeding for a while on the cross, he said, I test. Do you remember? But here, Bible didn't say that he was hungry and thirsty. He was only hungry. And the devil said to him, in other words, all I'm trying to say is that if you drink water during this fast, you have not committed any crime. And it's okay to take in water. And the devil said to him, If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. What a nice appeal. I said, what a nice appeal. I'm sure if Jesus Christ didn't know what he was about, he would have, he would have, he would have wanted to prove a point. Yes, I'm a son of God. Let me turn. I command stone become bread. Bible says everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial. There are times where we are tempted to prove a point but the question is prove a point for what? So that you will take the glory everything we do must end up bringing glory to God. So when you are tempted to prove a point learn like Jesus to take God's word and speak it back to the devil. Hallelujah. Satan can twist scripture to tempt us you can use the appropriate word of God in always in response. So, verse 4 says, But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written. And I dare say that you must know what is written. That one, you must know it for yourself. Tell you, but you must know what is written. What is written. What is written is called the Logos. Until you have the Logos, the written word of God, God cannot give you the Rima. Rima is the inspiration, the spoken word of God. It is out of the logos that in the day of temptation the spirit of God will, will pull out of the logos and give you the relevant scripture that you need to live at a particular moment. Please are you there? So if you don't have the logos, you can never have a rima. If Jesus didn't know what was written, he would have just been there and probably would have been swindled. The enemy would have just taken advantage of his ignorance. My people perish 
because of lack of knowledge. So don't be ignorant of the written word of God. You must make reading and studying the word of God a part of your lifestyle. Jesus answered and said, answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Say, man, man shall not live by bread alone shall not live by bread but alone, by every word of god but by every word please of god. did you take note that jesus didn't say that man shall not live by bread at all he didn't say that if man shall not live by bread at all then after the 40 days he could have just lived all the days of you know the three and a half years he lived afterwards he could have lived without food but there were times where you know he asked them do you have bread there were times where they had to go to Samaria, the town of Samaria, to go and buy bread because they were hungry. Are you there? Jesus ate. He drank. He lived like a human being. He was God, but he did not take it upon himself, you know, the form of God. He humbled himself and became, you know, a born servant. He became man, living in the midst of men and lived or left an example for you and me to follow. Hallelujah. He didn't say man shall not live by bread at all. Meaning that after our times of refreshing, after our times of prayer and fasting, after all, we are not even doing it 21 days continuous. In the case of Jesus, it was a 40 day continuous night and day without food. We are doing it maximum 6 to 6 or some choose to go beyond. Some go 6 to 3. Some go to 6 towards. Hallelujah. All right. I won't give the time categorization. <laughs> Some people are already laughing. Praise the Lord. But I believe that it's not a ritual. It is an exercise recognizing that fasting humbles the soul. But here Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone. You see, Satan identified a physical weakness in the body of Jesus. Because having gone without food for 40 days, certainly he was physically weak. So Satan's temptation was that if you are the son of God, then command this stone to become bread. Because in his mind, in Satan's limited mind, he believed that what Jesus needed alone to sustain his physical strength was physical food. But Jesus gives us a revelation in verse 4 of Luke chapter 4 that... It is not only physical food that sustains the physical body. Actually, the word of God also sustains the physical body. Now, the revelation, a deeper revelation from this verse is that the physical weakness we experience in our physical body probably isn't as a result of the absence of physical food but it could be as a result of the agitation of the soul the 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 instability of the soul the the hunger the quest for the soul to be satisfied that's restlessness that's the word i'm looking for the restlessness in the soul is possibly the reason why sometimes the physical body gets weak Please, I get in the point. Haven't you identified that when you feel like, oh, I'm getting weak, let me go and eat. Even after eating, that is when you even get weaker and get drowsy and get drunk. So it is not physical food per se 
that sustains us physically it is when the soul is restless it gives us physical weakness can i say that again when the human soul is restless when the human soul has not been fulfilled has not been satisfied yet when the human soul has not found his proper place in god yet i'm telling you that restlessness can provoke physical weakness that is the cause of diseases that is the cause of sicknesses because there is an agitation in the soul there is a restlessness you saw it last sunday those of us who were here that the soul can sometimes say should i go to the spirit or should i go to the flesh that is the restlessness should i go here should i go that restlessness provokes a weakness that manifests in the physical body so when you think that oh when i eat physical food then i'll be okay you may eat physical food and still feel weak and still feel tired and still feel restless because the satisfaction doesn't start from the physical body it starts from the soul and Jesus gave us the key here. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The Mark account says by, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are you there? So this morning, we would want to look at what the word of God does to the soul. I have taken time to explain that the physical weakness Jesus must have experienced and I'm not saying that he had a restlessness in his soul Satan only thought that if you have lived for 40 days then you must be weak so why don't you command stone to become bread but Jesus knew better he knew that it was not about the food that will give him physical strength there is something in his soul that sustained him if you are agitated and restless in your soul and you want to go 40 days fast i'm telling you if you don't take care you will die on the way because you don't have what it takes the energy to sustain your physical body may not be there you must be completely sound spirit soul and body for you to embark on a long journey of fasting are you there don't use your troubles to be the reason why you want to go in on a long fast when your soul is agitated when your soul is restless that is not the time for you to do long fast you will die in the in the, in the course of the period I might communicate to somebody. Yeah, because at least experience. I have observed church history and realized that people who are hungry for what they already have. Yesterday I was saying it here. Many people go on a long fast looking for power, haven't forgotten or been ignorant of the fact that when the Holy Spirit is resident in your spirit, he is the author and the distributor and the communicator of power. So instead of looking for what you already have, it is to, our quest rather should be to humble ourselves, to submit to his lordship until he gains room in us to flow through us. So when you are looking for what you, are, you already have and you are always hungry, you go on a long fast, you are agitated, you are looking for something to prove a point. For you realize, the enemy takes advantage and strikes you with an imbalance. Once there's an imbalance in your system, death will strike am i communicating somebody all right so the word of god does something to our soul i would want us to consider this morning in psalm chapter 19 psalm 19 the word of god please take note i started by saying that you must first be born again even fasting 
when you are not born again, doesn't benefit you spiritually. It may benefit you physically because medicine has discovered that fasting has a lot to do, you know, with the physical body. But we are not talking medicine here. We are talking spiritual life here. Something that transcends the physical body into the soul. So the, 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 the first step must be that the person must be born again. And once you are born again, once you are in Christ, fasting humbles the soul. Number two, the word of God does something to the soul, which we will see in Psalm chapter 19. Turn your Bibles there. Psalm 19, let me pick from verse 7. The psalmist writing, this is David, the psalmist. He says, the law, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. What does he do? What does the law of the word of the Lord do? Converting the soul. This is the number one thing that God's word in our spirit does to our soul. Listen, child of God. If you are born again and God's word is not taken into your spirit like the way you take physical body into your physical you take physical food rather into your physical body what happens is that you will still have a soul that is agitated restless empty looking for a satisfaction and a longing why because it is the word of god that converts the word convert here from the Hebrew word actually is to turn back or to refresh. In fact, it also means to refresh. The soul was fresh before the fall. It was connected to the spirit and the body was in that direction. It was spirit, soul and body. But ever since the fall, the soul has been restless. But the word of God in our spirit converts. Fasting humbles the soul the word of God converts the soul. Are you there? The word of God is what turns the soul in the right direction. Without God's word in your spirit, I wonder how you can experience these times of refreshing that we are in. I told you we are only using 21 days, but the times of refreshing began on the day of Pentecost and it is until the restitution, the restoration of all things. Those of us who are agitated in our souls and you're always restless and you're always panicking, I, I commend to you the word of God. Hallelujah. Paul said in Acts 10 verse 20, 32 rather, he told the church of Ephesus, he had been with them for three and a half years and he was about leaving them. At the seashore, he now told them, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. That is among the saints. The word of God builds you up. It builds an energy in you that brings a satisfaction that nothing in this world can give. Are you there, people of God? The word of God, the number one thing, that God's word in our spirit. Mind you, it must first be in your spirit. And then from your spirit, it is distributed into your soul and converts the soul. I'm not talking about the word of God in your head. How does the word of God enter our spirit? When we read it over and over, hear it over and over, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. 
If you hear a message once and you think you know it, I dare say that you may not know it. You must hear the word over and over. God enjoins us to incline our ears to his word. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, he says, my son, attend to my words. Can I read that scripture before I finish verse, verse, verse 19? I mean, chapter 19 of Psalm. Proverbs 4. You see the Proverbs 4, 20 and 21. My son, give attention to my words. How do we do that? Incline your ears to my saying. So, the one window by which we receive God's word in our spirit is our ears. That is how we give attention to God's words. Number two, do not let them depart from your eyes. That's the second window. So your ears must be hearing the word of God. Your eyes must be seeing the word of God. Then he said, keep them in the midst of your heart. What is he saying? He's saying that through your ears and through your eyes, you will get God's word into your spirit. Please, are you following my son, give attention to my words. I'm not, I can't do it for you and you can't do it for me. It is my responsibility and your responsibility after we are born again to give attention to God's word, to store God's word in our spirit. In Colossians 3.16, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You must have the logos so much in you that at any given time, you can always pull a rima. Do you get a point? You must all have the logo so much in you that at any given time, when Satan brings his temptation, there's a rima from the logos that you can use as a sword because the sword of the spirit is a word of God. And that word is rima, is the rima, the spoken word of God. So when the enemy comes in like a flood and you don't have the logos in you, you are likely not to have a rima. But here in Psalm 19, we are discovering something very beautiful. That God's word that we attended to, that entered through our ears and through our eyes. And now it's now in the midst of our hearts. That word now does something to our soul. Never forget this one. If you are feeling restless and you are feeling agitated and you feel empty and you feel that life is not satisfying try God's word. It works. Hallelujah. God's word in your spirit will convert your soul. The soul is the most disturbed and unstable and destabilized entity in our personality. I'm telling you. All of man's troubles is as a result of the agitation of the soul. I told you about suicide. It's because of the restlessness in the soul. Murder. All the arm robbery is as a result of the restlessness in the soul. Man thinks that by going to break into some store somewhere and packing the things that somebody has labored for, that is what will satisfy his soul. Only for him to take it and realize that he is even emptier. Stealing. Everything that you think about, it is all in a bid to satisfy the longings in the soul of man. But there is one thing that satisfies the soul. He is called the word of God. Hallelujah. You will see it in these verses. The word of God. Oh my God. So whilst we are fasting, that is why you've got to give your attention to God's word. Your flesh may be longing for food, but you say, hey, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. There are times 
the day you decide that I'm going to fast, that is the day you, physical weakness will just hit your body like that. Ah, well, from this, I'm tired all of a sudden. At that level, you may think it's food that will sustain you. It's not food. It is the word of God in your spirit. Entering your soul, that will sustain you. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The law of the Lord. Then one of the names of God's word is the law of the Lord. And Bible says it is perfect. There's no imperfection about God's word. Psalm 19, right? The law of the Lord is perfect. Verse 7. Converting the soul. Let me read on. The next line says the testimony of the Lord. That's another name for God's word. Is sure. Making wise the simple. Who is considered simple in scriptural language? Who is the simple? The what? I can't hear you, please. No. No, it's not the poor. It's not the one who has humbled himself. Of course, when you are simple, you end up being in poverty. But it doesn't start from there. Yes, Mr. Allah, you're saying something. The children of God, no, no. A simple thing is a fool. In fact, just to mildly the language, you will say silly. Someone who is silly. Zombie. Zoom, 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 zoom. He can't think for himself. He can't reason for himself. He just follows everything. Bible says, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That's a simple, simple thing. Somebody who is a fool, who is silly. But the word of the Lord, which is called the testimony of the Lord here, is sure it will make wise the fool. It will make wise the simple. It brings wisdom. And remember, wisdom is in the mind, is that not so? Which is a component in the soul. So we are dealing with God's word, converting the soul and making you wise. And when you are wise, you get to know that life is not just about acquisition of things. In fact, Paul the Apostle put it this way. He said that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can take nothing out of it. Therefore, having food and clothing, let us be there with content. The word content means independent of the circumstance. When your life is dependent on your fat bank account. The day they collapse that bank account. That is the day you also collapse. And it has happened in this country before. I'll give you an example. It's still happening. <laughs> so many years ago in the 90s, this one, they showed it in the news. A man who had plantation, was it? Uh, tree plantation, you know, and he's, I mean, fire, there was a fire outbreak and it just, in the broad half region, just burnt everything to ashes. The moment they brought the news to him, that is the very moment the man just, you know, fainted and died. His soul was connected to his riches. Let the word of God Take precedence over your soul more than anything. Hallelujah. That's what we are learning in these times of refreshing. The law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. It turns the soul back in the right direction. If your soul is going in the wrong direction, it turns it back. Say, so go in the right direction. It calms the soul. 
Is there nobody having storm in his soul? I said, try the word of God. It works. The reason for all the palpitation and the hypertension is because of the agitation in the soul. It disturbs even the physical body. Said so that the blood pressure now begins to go higher and higher. And if you don't take it, to stay there and to become hypertension. But he gives his beloved sleep. How does he do it? When the word has found room in your heart, into your soul, it converts the soul and puts the soul. It's like Jesus saying, "Peace." Be still. Where your soul is not calm. In the midst of the storms, you can still be calm. How does that happen? The word of God converts the soul. It makes wise the simple. I pray that God will impart wisdom to you in the name of Jesus Christ. The next line says, the statues, that's another name for the word of God. The statues of the Lord are right. How many of us want to do right and live right? Try the word of God. You, you have the grace. The statutes of the Lord are right. What does it do? Rejoicing the heart. Oh, I like this one. I'm telling you. Have you been in a place where there is nothing physically? I mean, you don't have anything. Bank account is not even zero. It's actually gone into red. Where you are owing banks every now and then. And police are at your doorstep. School fees must be paid. Car has broken down. Rent is overdue. Landlord says, get out. And it seems like the whole world has turned upside down and you don't know what to do. There is something that rejoices the heart. It is called the statues, the word of God. It will, if God's word is in your heart, it will just give you some joy. The Bible calls it joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is there in the midst of the hunger, in the midst of the emptiness. That is why a man like Jesus could sleep. He is the word himself. He could sleep on a pillow in the midst of the storms. Can we learn from the man called Jesus? He is the word. He says, if you take my word and put it in your spirit, that's, that word in your spirit will calm the soul so that it will bring rejoicing to your heart. In the midst of the storms, you can still be singing. That is what Bible means by speaking to yourselves, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You find yourself in the midst of the songs, you will still be humming. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for my soul has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust in the living one. His wounds for me shall So I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Word of God that can make you sing when you get to know that the word that we're talking about is a person and he died for me. 
Come on, think about it. Somebody died for me. I should have perished. And then, as if that was not enough, he actually went to hell in my name. I should have gone there. And then he met the demands of justice. And therefore, the Bible says he was justified in the spirit after he paid the price and he was raised from the dead. And that same spirit that raised him is even in my spirit. For if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, I don't know what else you are looking for. I need no other argument. It is enough that he died for me. In the midst of the storms, you can still be rejoicing. In the midst of the trouble, the word of God rejoices the heart. It rejoices the heart. When the enemy comes in with condemnation, you tell him there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The enemy can come with all manner of accusations. He knows our past very well. I hope you know that. He knows our past very well. He knows the details. He can come. Do you remember? On, and you quote the, the dates. I just tell him, it's wiped. Jesus wiped it anyway. He washed me from my sins. He washed me. He washed me. That's enough. And your heart will rejoice. Glory be to God. Can we go on? What the word of God does. You will see more of God's word. Which must dwell in our hearts. And it dwells in our hearts through the windows of our ears. And our eyes. According to Proverbs 4, 20 and 21. The next line says. The commandment of the Lord. Is pure. Enlightening the eyes. There's a song like that. Is that right? It enlightens your eyes. When it be a man who say, Hey, sir, Adena, Usha, Nipper Elbo, Use, Use, no, Ah, Umbiza, say, I'm aware, no, say, no, you cross the same. I don't know who I'm talking to now. Are you there? Where everybody is hailing you. And they say that you are champion attack. Meanwhile, now Nim said, the devil has blinded you. And as Bible says, led like a sheep to the slaughter. And you don't know that Satan is taking you, leading you in the flesh and taking you to the place of slaughter. I told you yesterday, sometimes because of social media, if you see some of the things that are posted on YouTube, on Facebook, on all the social media, you will wonder, are we all human beings? Are these people also human beings? Because any despicable thing can be done. Any horrible thing can be done. And there is no sense of shame whatsoever. It tells you that such a person, any beer, against our life and unfortunately our media is sold out to the satanic realm and you know this is the world of sin you understand so these are the things that they can also hail and you know capture and post out there dress neatly and go to office will it be news but just walk naked in town oh you have made news you have made news but the person involved doesn't know that Satan is misleading him or her and just taking him in the flesh to the place of death. Say, I repent. 
the word of God does that. It turns your soul in the right direction. It makes you aware of yourself that, ah, this is right. This is wrong. You come to that awareness that I cannot do this. That is why the Bible says that even those who do not know the word of God, their conscience will be their judge. Don't ever deceive yourself. It may not be everybody who may hear the gospel in its finest detail like you and I have heard. For some people, it may be the flower that is in their neighborhood that God will use to judge. Don't you see that this flower was telling you that there is a God behind it? I would say the invisible things of God are clearly understood. I mean, are clearly seen and being understood by the things which are not seen so that they are without excuse. Are clearly understood by the things which are seen, rather. The things that God has created are indicating the gospel every day. So nobody is without excuse. May your eyes open. The eyes of your understanding, let it be open. Let the word of God open your under, enlighten your understanding so that you will know right from wrong. Remember, he said that word, the command of the Lord is pure, it enlightens the eyes. It is the word of God in our heart that it will teach you purity of life. Because sometimes you even find in church a debate that is this right, is this wrong? But the word of God in your heart will tell you that this one is wrong. Even animals will not do that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because sometimes in, in, in counseling sessions, maybe we will, not, we will not have that here in IPR because we know right from wrong from the word of God. But there have been counseling sessions and debates on television, on radio, as to whether married couples can have anal sex or not. Forgive me if you're a child here and I'm talking this way. But it is a reality and it's a fact that is debated. And you find good preachers, good Christians defending the fact that so long as it's between a husband and a wife, it's okay. But even your conscience tells you that even an animal will not do that. Am I communicating? I heard of this woman, Christian, husband, pastor, who had an infection. And the infection was treated. And the infection was a, caused by a certain bacteria that is not common. So the doctors were like, what even caused this? And it took a lot of antibiotics to clear the infection. And she was okay. Went back home. Three weeks or thereabout. The infection reoccurred. The doctor ah, it's a very stubborn anti I mean, bacteria. This is stubborn. And then they had to double the dose of this antibiotics. And as I'm talking to you, the infection kept recurring and recurring until the doctors now had to do counseling. Doctor's job is just to diagnose the problem. You understand? But now have to do public health education and examine what must have been the reason. Not knowing. Should I use my mouth to say? Then it's okay. Hallelujah. Alright. So, the word of the Lord enlightens your eyes. That you got to know that, ah, as a husband, you can't do this to your wife. 
as a wife, you can't do this in the marital union. It opens your eyes. Hallelujah. I pray that your understanding will be enlightened. That God's word in your spirit will calm the soul and bring you to the place of enlightenment. Let's go on. You'll see more about the word of God. Verse 9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean. That's another name for the word of God. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. Oh, time will not permit me to dwell on this one. Do you know why many of us break down easily? Even sometimes break down easily in the face, not only in the face of trouble, but even in, in our relationship with God. We feel that God has not been fair. So if God were around, if there, is, if there is anything called God, how come he allowed this trouble? Why? If, because we don't know the word of God gives a certain endurance. The word of God in your spirit will now equip the soul so strongly that your soul will team up with your spirit and you can go the extra mile. The word of God is clean. He calls it the fear of the Lord. It's clean and it endures forever. If you are lacking endurance, probably it's because the word of God has not taken its proper place in your soul yet. The ability to endure. Listen, endurance is a fruit of the spirit. Bible calls it patient endurance. Are you there? That's the Greek word is macrotumia. Endurance. It's a fruit in the spirit where you have the willingness to go the extra mile. Bible says love never fails. Where you can love the unloved. Where you can even love your enemies. Many of us find it difficult to love our enemies. Why? Because we don't have that end. You tell us, ask me this one, I can't endure it. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't endure it. It's because the word of God has not taken his proper place in your soul yet. So your soul is easily irritated. And therefore you easily give up. But you want endurance to go the extra mile to suffer long. Bible calls it long suffering. These are things we don't teach in church. Long suffering. Endurance, patience, forbearance. We don't teach them. We want the one that will make us, you know, the taekwondo. We don't know endurance. We want the taekwondo one. Felix is not around. He would have asked me to teach us some. I'm talking about Felix Donko. We want the one that can make us aggressive physically. Then we can do tit for tat. You slap me, I give you pow, pow, pow. So you were paralyzed. He said, I saw a video. I was shocked. I thought it wouldn't end up that way. But here was a preacher preaching in the streets. I'm sure somewhere in there, preaching in the streets. Preaching, oh. And then somebody came and requested that I because this is the place where I've also been preaching. And the man initially was like, and the guy kept on talking, you know. And then some people were also, you know, human beings, they can fuel fire. So, and I was shocked towards the end, one minute to the end of the video. The one who was saying, Yamisha, Yamisha, now put the microphone down. He actually switched it up, put it down, and they started fighting physically. Boom, 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 for space to preach. <laughs> in fact, towards the end of the video, he finished and took the microphone. He was going to continue his preaching. 
Come on. <laughs> May God have mercy on us and give us endurance, forbearance, long suffering, patience. These are virtues in the inner man, it's in, it's in the soul. If the word of God has not found his proper place, you will not have them. Under pressure, you exhibit your real self. Haven't you heard Christians say that? Hey, if you don't think, I'll show you my true colors. That means you have some true colors. You are a chameleon. So under pressure, and many of us, we don't know you. Let's put some pressure. Of course, we will not do it, but pressure will come anyway. But under pressure, we will know who you really are. Whether you have forbearance, long-suffering, endurance, patience to go the extra mile. Hallelujah. Alright. God's word can bring times of refreshing to our soul, I'm telling you. Then, the next line says, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. Oh, I like this one. The judgments of the Lord, they are what? They are true and righteous. You want to live the true life? You want to live the righteous life? Please, I, I commend to you the word of God. It will do you good, I'm telling you. Bible says, the word of God doeth good like medicine. Did you hear that? Can I educate somebody? That means medicine is good. Am I communicating? You know, church history is, tells us that the reason why, for instance, they had to suspend a man like Enim, who was the founder of, is it? Pentecost, Christ Apostolic. They had to suspend him. Why? Because when he wasn't well, he actually went for medication. He, it was the white man, rather, took medication. Ah, so they suspended the white man. And then a name now started Pentecost. The white man started Pentecost. Machion. He took the medication. Alright, thank you for correcting me. But there was a name who also took medication. They suspended him also. Ignorance in those days was that once you're a Christian, don't even go near medicine. Don't touch it. And to the extent that in church, once a leader took medication, he was suspended. And that brought the split of churches. What do we have? You know, Pentecost, Apostolic, Christ, Apostolic. It was just based on such, you know, doctrines. But I just quoted a word. The word of God doeth good like medicine. What is God saying? He's saying medicine is good. If you do logic and you can analyze, you can understand that God is saying medicine is good. And the word of God also doeth good like medicine. Yes, that medicine is limited to the physical body. The word of God is, is, is it, it casts across spirit, soul, and body. That's the advantage. But why do I deny myself of the natural? Just because I have access to the supernatural. If the natural is available, utilize it. Am I communicating to some people? Those of us who are waiting till an angel will appear. There have been a countless number of people here, at least I can count about four, that by counsel, not even by revelation, but by counsel, based on interaction, that this one allowed the doctors to handle you this way. And that has saved their lives. And today they are alive and well. So there is nothing wrong applying natural methods for natural solution. Just that the word of God does the supernatural. 
It does not mean you should not have access to the natural. Other than that, don't eat. Don't brush your teeth. Don't put pomade in your face. Am I communicating? As other than that, don't eat. Don't put pomade in your face. Don't brush your teeth. Don't brush your teeth for just one week and let's see how it looks like. But if you can put chemical in your mouth and brush your teeth and even use other mouthwash to just get a good mouth odor, then it's okay to treat your body with medication where it's necessary. Is pastor not preaching medicine here? No. I'm just telling you that life must be balanced. A false balance is an abomination unto God. Alright. Let me end with verse 10. Oh, verse 10 tells us big things. It says, more to be desired are they than gold. Yeah. The first time I'm seeing yeah, even in New King James, it tells you that they love the word so much that they didn't put yes. They left it there like the King James. Yeah, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Someone say more to be desired are they than gold. Now, what does this verse mean? There's nothing wrong desiring gold. That's what he's saying here. Did you get the point? There is nothing wrong desiring gold. In other words, you want to work so that you can have money to be able to take care of this and that. He's telling you more to be desired and did than gold, meaning that it's okay to desire gold, but beyond gold, desire more the word of God. I don't know whether that's our practice, including myself. Am I talking? I said, I don't know whether that's our practice. I know that there are some of us here, there are some calls if it appears now, even in church. See, there you, you see that a person just call an usher or a protocol. Please, can you take care of my seat for me? I have to ask, respond to a particular call. And then while doing like he's on the call, he's just out of the place because the call says that at, at 11.30 a.m. you must be in so and so office Sunday morning, sign this contract. Hallelujah. I know we all fall prey to some of these traps. But when we desire God's word more than we desire gold, the word of God will become a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It will tell you in your soul that a day a red light. You just know. It is just because sometimes we, pre- we pretend we have not heard from God. Did you hear that? We pretend. We, God talks to us every now and then. God's word in your soul will re- God's word in your spirit will regulate your soul such that if you are in danger, your soul will become agitated. You see, the word of God comes our soul. But the moment you are going astray, I'm telling you, all of a sudden, your peace will leave you. Then your joy will leave you. Why? Because God's word in our spirit will regulate your joy and your peace depending on where you are in the will of God. If you're out of the will of God, God's word, unless it is not in your spirit, God's word will not leave you scot free. He is a person. He will disturb your soul. He's telling you where you're going, there's danger. Danger. Danger danger and you're not hearing some of us don't hear until we fall thank God for mercy he still gives us another chance and rescues us by his right hand oh what a savior more to be desired I don't know your desire but in these times of refreshing 
if we can desire God's word more than anything, it will do you good like medicine. Are you there? God's word will heal your emotions. Some of us are emotionally battered. There's so much revenge in our souls. There's so much malice in our souls. We wish that this person was done me evil. I mean, it's not, it's not like that. Don't wish evil. Hallelujah. When your enemy is hungry, feed him. I know we don't do that. But that's what the word says. When he's test, he says, give him water. Give him drink. If I didn't say water, give him drink. For in doing so, you heap coals of fire on his head. Then he said, and be not overcome with evil. In other words, don't let this evil overwhelm you. Don't be so overwhelmed with evil that now you're also thinking evil. But overcome evil with good. It takes the word of God to give you that kind of understanding. Where you are hurt it only, it's only the word of God in your soul that will make you say that God's word will calm your soul and say I forgive and you do not only forgive but you also forget and erase it from your mind it's only the word of God that can erase the past from your mind other than that you will now quote in 1918 12th November at 1.30 2 p.m. do you remember More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. In other words, even if the gold is refined, I know there's a difference between ore and then the refined gold. Even if it's refined and it's going to attract, refined gold has more value than the ore. So you're going to make a lot of money. Even that, desire gold's worth more than much fine gold. Then it says sweeter also than honey. How many have tasted honey before, please? Are you taking honey during this fasting? You are. Even while still fasting, I know, I, know, I know fasting has glucose. So you are taking in energy. Hey, that's why you are energized like that. Hallelujah. There's a place for honey. But during the fast, you can do without it. After your fast, you can take honey if you want to. But there's something that is sweeter than honey. And the honeycomb. It's called the word of God. You see, the reason why sometimes people go to church and they feel that the thing is boring, this one is boring. Somebody even said that, Are you sure that this a cake book still works in this 21st century? He asked me. And he said, So is this thing real? I looked at him and smiled because I knew that the environment he was brought up in, they have condemned the gospel. And they have sold churches to most. It's sad. Hallelujah. I pray that Africa will take the gospel back to Europe. Africa will take the gospel back to, to America. Amen. Some people have gone to the extent of saying that we have allowed the white man to, the only thing the white man, I think I saw a picture like that. They said the Chinese president said it. It's, it's a in circulation. Whether it's true or not, but there's a circulation that the only thing that the white man has left Africa with is the, the superstition in religiosity. But they have taken away everything. Well, we also cherish it in a way. Why? Because there is something. The white man may have everything, but can't you see that the suicidal rate is higher over there than in Africa? Why? Because the soul can only be satisfied with the word of God. 
Don't trade your joy, your peace for anything. They can give you sex, but it will not satisfy you. They can give you alcohol, it will not satisfy you. They can give you all the pornography, it will not satisfy you. They can introduce you to any kind of environment, cultism, occultism, it will not satisfy you. They can give you the money that is in the whole world. It will not satisfy you. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? You can gain the whole world. It will not satisfy you because your soul can only be satisfied by the word of God. Stand to your feet, people of God.